friends, and welcome to The Seeker Podcast, that service of change, where we challenge reality, question which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II, with Service of Change, where you can read my book for free, I Am Human, and We Are Not Who We Think We Are, at serviceofchange.com slash I Am Human. Tonight's show, The Mandela Effect, is our past being altered to influence and change our future. There is some evidence that suggests this may be happening. I'm going to get into that tonight. But first, I want to direct you to the serviceofchange.com page. A lot of great things that are going on there. Check out the forum. You can discuss the show and other similar topics on that forum with other listeners. It's a great place to connect with, with like-minded people. Check out the Facebook feed. I highly encourage it. It's it, There's links on the serviceofchange.com page for author Dennis Nappy II, um, the, my Facebook feed. I just shared a video on there. I wish I could get into everything that I share on this Facebook feed, but that's where I throw stuff up there that I'm usually going to end up researching or that I just think is interesting and, and worth a discussion. Um, I just threw a video up there by Terrence McKenna talking about um, you know the the magic mushroom, specifically the Amanita muscaria. It's a six minute video, and he, how he's saying that you know they could be from an alien intelligence, and it makes a lot of sense. I know when I'm saying it right now, it just sounds Looney Tunes. Check out the video. I've been doing a lot of research into the psychedelic mushrooms, and he makes a really good argument. I just finished reading his one book, Food for the Gods. Um, it's a really really good read. Check out that video and do me a favor, like it, share it, comment, do something. The more you like it, the more you comment. If you see something that's interesting, hit that like button because it helps promote the page. It helps me out, okay? Uh, I really appreciate it. But again, uh, you know, many ways to listen to the show, SoundCloud, iTunes, servicechange.com. Get the free service change app. I just updated it, some good stuff in there. Uh, you know, just click the banner at the top and then save it to your home screen. Sorry for these long commercials. Uh, and, and lastly, Authors Wanted. Are you a writer? Uh, do you have a book that's in the works or that's finished, that's ready to go? Uh, go to servicechange.com, click on the publishing tab, and uh, I'd love to help you turn your, your, uh, make your dreams into books there. There we go. So let me get into this show again, The Mandela Effect. Um, you know, thank you to uh, my listeners, Bill and to Claire. You both sent me emails talking about this uh, and sending me some videos and some information on it. I had never heard about it before, so th- that's why I'm thankful for this uh, this resource, this show, the website, and everything. Because I'm hearing from from my listeners with different things. Um, the Mandela effect. What is it? it? You know, it's a change in history. It's a change in our past with indicators now. Uh, I've seen a couple videos on it. I am by no means an expert on it, but uh, I'm, I'll be pulling from some websites that I will be sharing the links to them in the show notes. Um, so right now I'm reading for truthlamp.com and they have a the Mandela effect memories rewriting history article is what it's called. 
So I'm going to skip around, uh, you know, and, and just read from pieces of different articles here. But it says here, for those unaware, the Mandela effect is a term coined by webmaster blogger Fiona Broom of MandelaEffect.com that describes an emerging phenomenon involving large groups of people collectively remembering historical facts differently from what currently exists in our present time. The Mandela name stems from a common false memory involving South African anti-apartheid activist Nelson Mandela dying in prison in the 1980s when, in fact, his death didn't take place until 2013. The bizarre phenomenon is providing concrete evidence for some conspiracy theorists that parallel universes and alternate timelines do, in fact, exist. Now, if you've been listening to my show, I have covered... Uh, in quite a few episodes, talks of parallel universes, talks of you know the Matrix being real, and there's a lot of good evidence out there, especially through the Service to Change website. I have a lot of links in there in these shows. The Mandela Effect seems to be a piece of that puzzle, and I want to talk about that. Basically, what, what this is saying is that there are people who believe that Nelson Mandela died in prison in the 80s, but in this timeline... He didn't. He, you know, he was freed and became president and all that good stuff that happened when he got out. Um, so they're using that as an indicator because there's so many people that, that have this – it's a false memory apparently um, – that had this false memory that he did in fact die. Now, I, I read something – and I, I'm sorry I don't have the link for this here, but I did read something that we do have the ability in our brains to create a false memory – Basically, we'll remember something that never happened. We have the ability to do that. Now, is that what's happening here by masses of people? I, I honestly don't know. But there's enough attention drawn to this subject that I think it warrants further investigation, especially when you combine it. This is why it's good to branch out and look into all these different theories because they all have little pieces that you can take from it. And they can all be connected. Well, there's a quiz. I'm going to share the link to the quiz. It's from the same website, truthlamp.com, that, uh, that I just read that little piece from. And I'm not going to give you the whole quiz. You're going to have to go to, you know, I don't want to take the thunder away from this website. But, you know, on a couple of the videos that I looked at as well online, you could, you could just Google Mandela Effect Quiz as well. But I'll have the link up in my page. And there's a bunch of these quizzes. But basically, you, you know, you go through this quiz and, and write your answers down. Get a pen and paper. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start it in a minute. I'm going to ask you about three questions. But some of these answers that you may have in your head may be different from what actually exists in this timeline as fact. And the first time I took it, I don't remember what my exact score was, but there were a couple of things that I did remember differently. But then there were a couple of things where I was like, well, I could go either way. It's been so long since I ever thought about that subject. But let me let me jump into this. Again, this is from uh, truthlamp.com. Check it out. They seem to have some good information on that site. And I'll have the link through my page. So the first one, <clears throat> and go with your first, your gut, Okay. This was a popular children's book series and later television program created by husband and wife team Stan and Jan involving a family of lovable bears. The answer is the blank bears. What is the answer there? Okay, number two. This was a 90s book and subsequent movie starring Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt created by gothic fiction novelist Anne Rice. What's the answer? Number three, during the famous bridge scene between Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader in The Empire Strikes Back, 
What phrase did Darth Vader say to Luke? And number four, I'm going to stop after this one. In Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, the evil queen summoned her mirror with the iconic phrase, what? So what did the queen say? All right. Let me look at some of the answers here. Uh, So number one. In 2016, it's the Berenstain Bears. Most remember Berenstain Bears. Okay, they spelled it B-E-R-E-N-S-T-A-I-N. I never paid this close attention to it. I swear it was Berenstain, B-E-R-E-N-S-T-E-I-N. I grew up thinking it was Berenstain. I'm going to have to Google that one. All right, in 2016, it's Interview with the Vampire. Most remember Interview with a Vampire. That's one where I could go either way. I don't know. In 2016, it's... No, I am your father. Now, I always thought it was Luke, I am your father. But I don't know on this. Again, I'm confused on this one. Maybe he could have said no, and then just because it got popular, people saying Luke. I've also heard it's no Luke, I am your father. So I I don't know. And number four, in 2016, it's magic mirror on the wall. Who is the fairest one of all? See, when I read it, I was going to say, Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who is the fairest of them all? I I swear I grew up with it. Mirror, mirror on the wall. So, and again, there's more. Uh, there, there's eleven questions on this quiz, so I'll have the link to it. Check it out. Take the quiz. Let me know what you think. Let me know what your answers are. Just shoot me a comment or something. Maybe we could take our own poll, um, and see how we did. You know what? Maybe I'll create a qu- recreate a quiz when I have some time. uh, through my site as well. But check this quiz out. Let me know how you do on it through uh, truthlamp.com. The link will be at servicechange.com. So what they're saying is that we have these false memories because if you've ever watched any movie that involves time travel where they have the ability to go back and change stuff, they say if you go back and change one little thing, it has a ripple effect through time. So if I go back to the age of the dinosaurs, there's a great Simpsons episode about this. If I go back in time to the age of the dinosaurs and I kill one spider... That could completely alter this timeline that we live in, basically. So killing that spider, that spider was going to be food for that frog. That frog was going to be food for that bigger lizard, and so on and so on and so on. But now because that spider's dead, that frog never ate that spider. That frog had to eat a different spider. That spider was going to end up killing this bug, and it's just this chain reaction of things that when you get all the way up to 2016, now you have... Uh, you know, an entire city was never built because somebody was never born that you get the idea. Okay. So that's what it's saying. So it's saying things are being altered in our, in our timeline here. Uh, let's see. Now looking at the frequently asked questions page, I actually went to mandelaeffect.com and I'll have that link in the show notes as well. Um, you know, the, this is the person that coined the, the term apparently according to that last article we read. The question was, what causes the Mandela effect? And she responds, I haven't a clue. So far, most people seem to think it's either a slide to an alternate reality or in a holodeck that's experiencing a few glitches. She claims right now it's all speculation. And she has a bunch of related articles on her website. If you're interested in this, I suggest that you check it out. Um, you know, if we live in a digital universe, it's possible that maybe, again, there's just some kind of glitch in the system is, is what she said. Uh, but there's, there's some interesting stories out there. 
um, that, that I want to draw our attention to. And again, I talked about this in my in my podcast called Proof of Parallel Worlds, and, and I encourage you to check it out. I just listened to it again today. Um, listen through to the end because there's some really – I was listening to myself talk. I'm going, wow, that was a pretty neat idea. Not that I'm tooting my own horn, but it really got me thinking again to listen to it. Sometimes, you know, if you write something down and you go back and you reread it, you see it from a different vantage. So I suggest that you check this out. Um, the Proof of Parallel Worlds, because there's a ton of resources linked through that page as well that you can look at and get some more information. Basically, what it comes down to is, you know, do you, th- is there a multiverse? Is there, are there parallel words, worlds? Do they spin off? And what this talks about is that if something changes in the past, you know, some people think, oh, well, it would create a paradox. If, if I go back and, and change something, well, it's only going to change one time because then I'm never going to think to go back and change it again. So, you know, that loop will just end and then my timeline will just continue or it'll be every other one. But another possibility is that, well, this world will branch off and now we have created two realities. One where I never went back in time and changed anything and everything stays the same. And the other one where I did go back in time and this whole new world now spins off and it's a whole different reality and both exist. And now that's, I think it's called, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, Schrodinger's cat. And basically as the theory goes, if I'm, if I'm quoting it correctly, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that if there is a cat that's in a closed box, the cat is both dead and alive until you open the box. It basically says that nothing happens until the observer witnesses it in that, in that uh, scenario, or both things are happening, and then we're somehow choosing or influencing which reality we are going to experience. I, I wish I could talk more on that, that specific theory. I should have looked it up before the show. My apologies. But look that up. Check it out. You know, is that what's happening here? Do we have, I mean, David Icke says, I am infinite possibility. And maybe that's what's going on, you know, with these parallel worlds. Um, There's a really interesting story. I, I want you to, if you get a chance, I'll have a link up sharing what I'm about to read right now. But there's a woman by the name of Lorena Garcia. And she woke, awoke up one morning, I, I want to say in Spain, and eventually realized that she was not in the universe that she went to sleep in. She claims that she woke up in an alternate reality, which would be our reality. So I'm going to read from ghoststory.com, and they have an article about this. And again, the link will be in the show notes. Let me just read a little excerpt from this. On the morning of July 16th, Lorena awoke to find that her bed sheets were of a different color. She was confused and disturbed at the fact that they were of a completely different set. It wasn't just the colors that were different. Not being able to come up with a rational explanation, Lorena decided to get ready and head off to her office job, a job that she had been employed for the past 20 or so years. Her car was in the same spot she had left it in the night prior. She got in and drove off, commuting down the same path she had grown accustomed to since moving into her apartment seven years ago. Besides the bed sheets, everything else seemed normal for Lorena. That is until she arrived at her office. Inside the office building, there were a few strange people she had not met before, but that didn't raise any flags. Lorena walked towards her own office only to discover that there was a different name tag on her office door. It wasn't her name. She then thought that maybe she had gotten off on the wrong floor of her building. However, a quick look revealed that she was on the right one. She had gone to the right office. It was just her name that had been replaced. 
Lorena was confused. Had she gotten fired and no one told her? After 20 years of faithful work, this is how they let her know? She took out her laptop and connected to the company's wireless network. There she found that she was still on the company's roster, however, it showed that she was under a different manager in a totally different department. Her head was in a tailspin. She immediately checked her credit cards, driver's license, and work ID. They all reflected the right information as far as she knew. Same name, same picture, same numbers, and the same home address. Not knowing what to think, she called her job and told her she was, and told her she was having a sick day. The inconsistencies of that morning made her think that something was wrong medically with her. I'm going to stop there and let you check out the rest of the article. Again, I don't want to steal the thunder from this website, but it goes on to say that, you know, she tried to call her boyfriend, but she couldn't find him. He wasn't living in the same place. When she did find him, he had no idea that they were together. And she ended up, she was actually in this reality still with her ex who she broke up with in the alternate reality. It's a really wild story. And two years ago, I would have read it and said, yeah, she's probably having some kind of mental breakdown. But I've said it in other shows. I've had dreams that are so real that when I wake up in this reality, I am convinced that the dream world I just experienced was a real place. Because when I'm in that dream, I mean, it's it's real. I've the, And what gets me the most is the emotion, the feeling that I have, the relationships that I have, the familiarity that I have with people in these worlds. And sometimes these are people that I know, but everything's different. Our relationships are very different in these worlds. And in, in the Parallel Universes uh, episode that I talked about, you know, I referenced, um, I think I referenced Philip K. Dick. And if I didn't reference it in that one, it was the podcast I did about Are We Living in the Matrix? And Philip K. Dick, there's a, there's a popular YouTube video where he claims that we are living in the Matrix, basically. He says we're living in a computer simulated reality. And the only clue that we have is deja vu. When we have deja vu, it's a signal that something has been changed. Sound familiar, Matrix fans? Okay, and Philip K. Dick said this back in the 70s. He's a very famous author. But he came to believe that we were in some kind of computer simulation, stuff was being changed, and sometimes we'd get glimpses of it. That sounds very similar to this Mandela effect. Okay, And then you have, uh, there's a NASA physicist, and I have this linked in the Parallel Worlds um, uh, article slash show notes, who talked about something very similar. He says, I think we're living in a computer simulation created by aliens. And he goes in to give uh, you know, a lot of his reasons and explanations as to why that is. And then there's a, um, there's a Oxford professor, uh, Nick Bostrom is his name, that, who created the simulation argument. And you know, there's three steps to that argument, and I can't recall all three of them right now, but um, you know, the links will be in the parallel universes thing, which will be linked in the show notes here. And he basically says that there's a good pot. There is a possibility that we are living in a computer simulation. He spells that out quite well. And it gives you really something to think about. Um, you know, and lastly, in an interview with Neil deGrasse Tyson, there was a professor of, uh, string theory um his name is escaped me as well what a good researcher i am i had this all written down i just don't have it in front of me um but he basically found computer code woven within string theory the stuff he used to understand um you know the, the equations of the universe basically he found error correcting computer code binary code that was hidden in there and in this interview with neil degrasse tyson he said the strangest thing for me to accept is that 
my the Matrix movie may be an accurate representation of my real life. So there's a lot of stuff out there, and there's a lot of credible stuff by credible, smart people out there saying that there that this reality may be a simulation. It may be some type of a computer program. It may be an illusion. And I, I'm running out of time, but this tie, you know, I talked about my dreams, and it talks about some of the consciousness studies I've talked about on this show, some of the stuff that, that Bob Moreau and Tom Campbell have encountered. There's a lot of similarities that this may be some type of digital representation. My question is, how can we better operate within this if we have that knowledge and that information? Can we learn to control our shifts. If we're getting glimpses of it in our dreams, can we control that shift? Well, somebody who is a lucid dreamer might have that ability. Somebody who has out-of-body experiences does seem to have that ability. How can we refine that? This seems very real. So as far as the Mandela effect, is it possible that things are changing? Maybe our consciousness bounces and shifts from, you know, one dentist to another dentist because there's so many different worlds that are branching off and maybe sometimes it gets confused and it shifts to a similar one but not the right one and that's where these false memories are coming from it sounds crazy until you do the research until you start looking into all these things and seeing how they connect so i encourage you go out do your own research i'm going to have a bunch of links uh you know check out all my different show notes that i have you know to the secret podcast episodes because there's multiple links throughout every one of those um and really just start doing some digging because this understanding that, that could really it could really change a lot of things in this world and in our own life. Uh, I, I, you know, I really wanted to jump into Rene Descartes as well because he explored this a little bit. You know what? Let me do it real quick in reading from his Meditation on First Philosophy, the third edition. We're looking at page 14 here. He said, This would all be well and good were I not a man who is accustomed to sleeping at night and to experiencing in my dreams the very same things, or now and then even less plausible ones, as these insane people do when they are awake. How often does my evening slumber persuade me of such ordinary things as these, that I am here, clothed in my dressing gown, seated next to the fireplace, when in fact I am lying undressed in bed? But right now my eyes are certainly wide awake when I gaze upon this sheet of paper. This head which I am shaking is not heavy with sleep. I extend this hand consciously and deliberately and I feel it. Such things would not be so distinct for someone who is asleep. As if I did not recall having been deceived on other occasions by similar thoughts in my dreams. As I consider these matters more carefully, I see so plainly that there are no definitive signs by which to distinguish being awake from being asleep. As a result, I am becoming quite dizzy, and this dizziness nearly convinces me that I am asleep. Now, I took this course in college. I read this book when I was in, in my undergrad studies, and uh, basically what my professor explained to me is he said, the difference between I'm dreaming and the difference between I'm awake can't be distinguished because there's there's so many... You're able to be tricked because you're in your dreams. You can't tell that you're dreaming. Now, again, lucid dreamers, people that practice consciousness, um, you know, expanding their consciousness through some of these, um, you know, the programs at the Monroe Institute may be able to tell you differently. They may have harnessed that control. I don't know. This is starting to sound like the movie Inception. There's a lot of truth or a lot of very good theories explored in that movie. I highly recommend that you check it out. I've gone over again a lot longer than I wanted to speak, but this is some good stuff. And once I get going, it's hard for me to uh, to quiet down. So check out all this stuff. Go to servicechange.com. Check out the show notes. Uh, I'm, I'm asking you, you know, support the show. Like my stuff on Facebook. Share it. I hate saying that, but it really does make a difference to get the uh, get the word out there. 
Um, if you like the show, please share it through your own social media feeds. And I'd love it if you signed up for the secret newsletter. Uh, you know, it, it's where I'm sharing a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that's going on with me and with Food for the Archons. That book is well underway. Made some great progress on it over the past week, and I'd love you to be a part of that experience. Once it's released, hopefully, uh, hopefully soon, I'll be finished with it. It's been a, a long project for me. So check it out, servicechange.com slash human. You can sign up for the newsletter. You can read I Am Human for free. That's book number one. It'll kind of get the ball rolling of where I'm going with this. And, uh, again, SoundCloud on iTunes, Services Change. Get the app, the free app there. And we're also on YouTube. We have an archive of all, all my shows on, uh, on my YouTube channel. But everything is linked at servicechange.com. Check out the forum. And uh, lastly, again, Authors Wanted. If you got a book that you're working on, I don't care what stage you're at, you know, hit me up. Let's see if, uh, you know, if Service Change can help turn that, uh, that manuscript into that book. There's no greater feeling than holding that book in your hand for the first time when it comes after all that hard work that you've done. So I'd love to help you out and work with you on your projects. That's absolutely all the time I have. Again, I'm Dennis Nappy with Service of Change, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning and keep an open mind. Thank you. Welcome to Truth Seekers.